Again, if you're in Zechariah chapter 12, I'm going to read uh, verse 10. It says this in the New Living Translation, Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. Let's pray over our time and the word. Father, we thank you for your word. That is awesome, powerful, living, true, and sharp than any two-edged sword. Uh, Lord, I just ask that you would help us, Lord, as we've been praying for a fresh outpour. And just as we read, we pray, Lord, for a spirit of grace and of, and of prayer to be poured out upon us individually, on our family, on our church, uh, on our churches, ac- across the whole church, the body of Christ throughout our city and state, nation, and even the globe. Um, may we be more like you, Lord God, in all that we do. Transform us and help us to apply this word uh, that we hear tonight. Help me as I deliver it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Of course, as the Lord was talking to David in Jerusalem, uh, it's specifically in Zechariah here, you know, um, uh, many, many years ago, I believe that the Lord uh, wants to do the same for us as, as they sang that, which is awesome. I love uh, when I don't know, and they don't know what I'm preaching on, but the set list lines up what, uh, what, what I'm preaching on again and happening again tonight as they sang a fresh outpouring. And I, I, I just, that's our, our main text tonight is that the Lord wants to pour out a spirit of grace and prayer. Isn't it cool how the Lord does that? I promise you, we did not compare notes. He didn't know what I was preaching on, and I didn't know that song was going to be in there. But it's just, I love how the Lord just is preparing a time like this. Uh, he always wants to do something new, as I talked about last Wednesday. And then Sunday, I talked about looking forward to a new year. Um, I believe in this new year, the Lord does want to pour out his spirit in a fresh way and give us grace and a passion for prayer. And then the third thing he says in this one verse is this. He says uh, that they will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for him as an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as a firstborn son who had died. Now, again, this is Zachariah, you know, years and many, many years ago before. But this was a prophetic statement, of course, about Jesus dying on the cross. But I believe that this something represents something more that the Lord wants to do in all of us. And it represents brokenness. Specifically here, through a revelation of the cross. And we get a greater revelation of Jesus Christ being crucified and him on the cross. And that's actually one of the sessions that we teach at the Freedom Weekend that I'm actually going to be ministering on in that weekend is on the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we get a greater revelation of who Jesus is and what he's done, there becomes a greater brokenness in our life. And so what is brokenness? Of course, you know, uh, well, let me start by saying this. In the course of a year, our hearts can get hard. Life throws all kind of things at us as we pray for all these people that either have some kind of a sickness or have have a, a loved one has passed away or just situations even going on that doesn't affect us personally. Things that are going on around the country or the or the world or just or maybe our city. Life has a way of hardening our hearts. So brokenness is this. What is brokenness? Brokenness is the process of God softening our heart. That's what it means to be broken. Look what a, a Ezekiel eleven nineteen and 20 says, And I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart so they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. I love that. I said, I'll take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. You know, that that happens before we get saved before we come to know the Lord. We're, we're, we have a hard heart. We're stubborn to the things of the Lord. But I believe even as born-again believers, this can happen. I believe that life, or our, through our own choices, uh, maybe through sin, whatever the case might be, our hearts can get hard. And like it says, even stubborn 
towards the Lord. So not only is this verse that we're going to look at the main text tonight, I believe what the Lord wants to do for us, but it's also a way to prepare us for what's coming up. And as I said, I've been kind of staying in the vein of the new year now, this this uh, third uh, message in a row. But really, now I really want to focus on uh, what's coming up on, on, on Monday. And that's, our, our, like I just mentioned, our 21 days, our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting. And again, I, I was blessed. I, I went to the lobby uh, this morning. Uh, I was passing through the lobby for something. And um, oh, I was coming actually to get another reading plan. And I saw that there was no more pamphlets on fasting, what fasting was. And so I, I called Amanda. It hit me. I forgot. I called her at five o'clock and she brought another stack. So that tells me a lot of y'all, a lot of people Sunday grabbed a lot of the pamphlets on what fasting is. And so tonight I'm really not talking about what, what fasting is, how to fast. I'm sure Pastor is going to mention some of it on Sunday. But if you never fasted, fasting is basically cutting out food, uh, certain types of food, certain amounts of food or food in general, in general, some people have it do a total fast where they may not eat any food for a certain amount of time. Some people just cut back on the amount of food they eat or what kind of foods they eat. There's all kind of fasts. It's called the Daniel fast. Daniel fasted for 21 days, and, and it says that he didn't eat any fancy foods, no meat. He didn't drink any wine or anything. He just had vegetables and water and fruits and things like that. Um, and, and there's you know all kind of different ways you can fast, but it's basically refraining from the pleasures that we 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 take part in on a regular basis. In our day and age, one of the greatest things, I do believe you need to have some kind of physical fast. If you do fast with this of food, I think it's good to, to you know, to um, cut back and or, or not eat as much or eat the same thing that you'd normally eat. Um, but also in our day and age, it's great to do a media fast where you, you, you turn off the TV, where you get off of social media, where you maybe only get on your phone if you have to for work or whatnot, but not just browsing through or playing games or whatever, taking a break from playing video games if you're into that or your kids are into that, you know, and whatnot. And listen, here's another thing before I get into I wasn't playing, but everybody can fast. Like, you make your children fast? Absolutely. Well, I don't make them. Well, I guess I kind of do make them. But how do you make a child fast when they're young and they have to eat and they have to get calories? That's very simple. They don't have to eat candy to grow healthy and strong, right? They don't have to have junk food. So in our house, when we fast, we turn off the TV and our children still eat their regular meals that they eat, of course, all the nourishment that they need to grow, but they don't have to have chocolate and candy and hot cocoa and all of that stuff. So that's how we get, because if you look at biblical fasting in the Old Testament, when Joe, when 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 they caught a fast, everybody fasted. Even the animals fasted. Go read Joe chapter 2. When they called a fast, everyone fasted. The men, the women, the children said, even the babies. I don't know how that worked out, but they said even the animals. Them poor animals had no idea what was going on, but they wasn't eating either. Everybody fasted. So, you know, but so your children can fast as well. Like I said, they don't, you know, they can turn off the TV. They don't have to play video games. They don't have to eat candy and drink sodas and stuff like that. You know, so I just want to encourage you. Uh, again, and, and that's just a little side note. There's, we have, we have, I saw Amanda walked out the office with a whole stack of those pamphlets. So thank you, Amanda. She, she was, uh, Amanda on the spot there at five o'clock and printed out some new, uh, pamphlets and whatnot. And so there's some more in the lobby and if t- telling you what to fast, how to fast. Of course, nowadays you can Google it. You can, you can see, but we want to encourage you to join us in some kind of way starting Monday of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So as born-again believers, and why do we do this? Why do we fast and pray? Well, first of all, and the main reason is because, you know what, we're expected to pray and fast 
as believers. This is how God has wired us. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus starts out verses 5, 6, and 7 with the same thing. And he says, when you pray. When you pray. I'm going to read one of them in a little bit. But he says, when you pray. But when you pray, do this. Now look at verses 16 through 18 of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16. Most people would agree, like, I, as Christians, we should pray, right? Most people, most Christians, or even most people in general that don't even consider themselves will say, yeah, prayer is good to pray. But it's the fasting part that usually, you know, trips a lot of people up. Matthew 6, 17 through 18, again, Jesus says, and when you fast, you see that? He didn't say if you fast. He said, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people admire them for their fasting. I'll tell you the truth. That is the only reward they will get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. So again, fasting is not something we do because we're more holy than other people or because you, you, you know, actually it's the opposite. I fast because I know what kind of wretched person I am. Amen? Like I, I mean, don't amen me too hard there, but I know, I know what, what's inside of me. And I know, again, I, I want to be I want to be broken. I need to be, I want a fresh outpour. I want, I want things to be cleansed out of my life. And so fasting's between me and God. Now we do do it corporately, yes. The reason we do it corporately because there's something about when you come together in agreement. That's why we have corporate prayer meetings. And it is. It, it's nice to know that the church is fasting with you. Now there's times where you do fast alone and maybe nobody else knows you're fasting. So maybe your spouse or those close to you. But it's a way we fast every year and pray. And it's almost like I love how, and Brother Francis started this. They used to do seven days of prayer and fasting. Then Pastor Todd started it when he became the lead pastor and started doing 21 days. And if you look at it, it's almost a way, it's like tithing your year. You're giving the first few weeks of the year to the Lord as a, as a time where you, you, you deliberately, like I said, shut out certain things and certain foods to just give those three weeks to the Lord. It's like you're giving your first part of the, the your year to the Lord. So again, Jesus, you see here in Matthew 6, he says, when you pray, when you fast. So he expects that we're, and then later he says, when you give. Those are, actually one man of God said, that's the three-quarter braid of the Christian. You know, he says the three-quarter braid is not easily broken. He says the three-quarter braid is praying, fasting, and giving. The Lord expects us to do these things. And in that, it draws us closer to the Lord, to the Lord. And we'll be talking about that. If, if you want to join us, we'll be talking about when you come to the prayer meetings, we always have some kind of a word, a short word, and then we pray and we worship. So as we're going through prayer and fasting, we'll explain what prayer and fasting is all about even more and how it draws us closer, how it helps us. We get, you know, we repent before the Lord, ask the Lord to help us, forgive us, and to cleanse us. So tonight, I want to break down these three things that the Lord says in Zechariah 12.10 because it will help to prepare you for a time of prayer and fasting and also help you to be successful during it. So maybe you haven't been on board. Maybe some of y'all are like, yes, I do want to fast. Maybe some of y'all say, man, I've never fasted before. And, and like, I don't know if I can do this. And I think you're kind of crazy. You know, whatever the case may be. Some of y'all know y'all need to fast, but your stomach's telling you that you're crazy and that you don't need to do that, right? And so when you just start talking about fasting, you get hungry. You notice that? When you just talk about like not eating as much, not, you like, it's like you, you, you start getting hungry. You start thinking about, man, you know, um, but I want to I want to help you. I call this a path to prayer and fasting is what I titled this message tonight. A path to prayer and fasting. And, and we're going to use this this one verse in Zechariah to look at it. Number one, uh, how do you prepare and ask God to prepare you for fasting? Number one, ask God for grace. Ask God for grace. And of course, a lot of us know what grace is. And the, the, actually the Greek word for grace right here means it's the state of kindness and favor towards someone, often with a focus on a, a benefit given. 
That's the, the Greek word for grace. So let's look at some of the benefits of God's grace. All right. And in the context of it, because grace is not, some people get grace as, confused with it. grace is a license to sin. And that's not the case. The Bible, I'm going to give you three different scriptures right here that shows you really what grace is. Grace is actually the empowerment not to sin. Grace is the empowerment to live a holy life is really what grace is. So let, let's look at some of the benefits of grace in the context of preparing us to, to, for prayer and fasting and be successful. We get strength from God's grace. Second Timothy 2.1 says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You see that? Be strong through the grace. We get our strength from God's grace. So listen. Ask God for grace. This will give you the strength to help you to fast when you get weak, because you will. If you spend a, 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 a certain amount of time fasting, you will get weak. You will get physically weak. You will get mentally and emotionally weak. You will, you know, your body will convince yourself that you're dying and you're really not. You know, you'll get little headaches here and there. You'll get ornery. It's amazing during fasting. You can feel the closest you, that you've ever been to the Lord. At the same time, you're the most aggravated you've ever been. Yeah, Anybody fast? You know what I'm talking about? You feel the most spiritual and yes, like the most ornery at the same time. It's just part of like the natural, like your blood sugar gets low. You feel weak. You feel like giving up. God will give you the grace. And I, and I encourage you, ask the Lord for the grace now. Lord, I start preparing myself weeks before and I start praying. Lord, give me the grace. Give me the strength. Prepare me mentally, physically, emotionally. I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead. Prepare me for this time of fasting. So we get our grace, strength from God's grace. Secondly, grace helps you to complete the task at hand. Look at Acts 14, 26. The believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work they had completed. Grace will help you complete the fast when you feel like quitting. And listen to me, you probably will. You probably will want to quit. My microphone tried to make me quit right now. You probably will want to quit at some point in the fast. You might want to quit on day one. At the end of the first day, you might be like, man, this is for the birds. I'm eating like a bird and you're going to want to quit. But listen, God's grace will give you, I love that, that they entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work that they had now completed. The reason that they completed the work, whatever it was there in the book of Acts, was because of God's grace. So y'all, are y'all seeing the trend about what, what grace is here? Grace is an empowerment. It's a strength. It's, 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 um, what the Holy Spirit gives us to continue to move forward. The third thing is that Things that seem impossible become possible. Second Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12 says, So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good thing your f- things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of the Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, with God's grace, it's possible to get through or go through anything and everything. Amen. See, that's what the grace of the Lord is for. It makes the, it, it it makes it possible to go through the most traumatic times of your life. It makes it grace makes it possible for you to go through the most uncertain times in your life when you don't know what's going to happen when you take the next step. What's behind the next door? How's this going to work out? How's the Lord going to come through? Grace makes all things possible. Seeing things that seem impossible, grace helps you to go through them. Grace makes it possible to fast for 21 days. I know when you're talking about fasting, this is not an exciting, feel-good 
you know, message. Like one man said, it's all right if you don't, I, I brought my own amen tonight, okay? So I know this is not everybody's still coming off of the holiday high, but I, so I'm trying to help turn you, turn your focus into like, okay, this is what we need to prepare our, our, our hearts and our minds. And I'm, I'm trying to, I want to encourage and prepare you for, you know, grace again, like I talked about, grace is the power, gives you the power, is the stamina, is the endurance that you need. And, and you know, there's something about fasting. Pastor Todd often says this. If you've never fasted before, and if you have, you understand what I'm talking about. A lot of times you start out those first few days and man, they're brutal. Man, you get headaches and you, your blood sugar's low and you're just tired. You get tired a lot easier. You know, you're not eating as many calories and you just want to like, you know, sleep and whatnot. It's like, pray, man, I just want to take a nap the whole day, you know? Um, but, but something happens. You kind of hit your stride. Uh, sometimes the beginning, uh, maybe the end of the first week or about halfway, you kind of start getting this stride where, you know, because a lot of, there's a lot of good physical benefits to fasting as well. You know, even some non-Christians fast because there's great physical benefits to fasting. You can detox and get a lot of toxins out of your body, the things that we eat, things that we drink, you know, puts a lot of toxins in our body. And so, you know, it's painful whenever that stuff begins to happen. But about midway through, you start actually feeling pretty good physically, if anything. You start feeling lighter. You start feeling better. And then again, I believe spiritually because we're you're connecting with the Lord on a deeper level than you have before. Because again, if you're going to fast, you have to pray. Somebody said fasting without praying is just dieting. So if you're going to fast, that's why it's called 21 days of prayer and fasting. It, it, you have to combine both of them. If you just fast and don't pray, you're going to drop a few pounds, but you just want an extended diet in January, and that's it. So fasting and praying together, when you do that, there's something about it. We know Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days, right, and 40 nights. He, 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 he spent that time fasting and praying. He had a ministry ahead of him. He knew he needed to be empowered by the Lord to do what he had what the Lord had called him to do. And so, uh, you know, we see a lot of throughout the Bible, throughout the New Testament, when you look at the book of Acts, when they were starting the church, they often had times of prayer and fasting. And many of the, the mightiest, most influential men of God in our country today still um, have a regular, regular times of prayer and fasting. So grace, which again is God's unmerited and unsought favor, will also persuade his people to seek him in broken and repentant prayer. Again, so let's, first of all, ask God for his grace. He says he'll pour out the spirit of grace and prayer. So number two is ask God for the spirit of prayer. That, that, that there's something to this. Ask God for the spirit of prayer. Zechariah 12, 10 again says, then I will pour out the spirit of grace and prayer. You remember earlier I referenced it, but now let's read the scripture. Jesus expects we're going to pray. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Again, Jesus expects us to pray. The good thing about it is we, and listen, just like fasting, um, it, it, it's not, it doesn't feel normal or natural to our bodies, especially in our society where you can pretty much eat what you want, when you want. Um, and especially in South Louisiana, when they have some of the most amazing food in the world, right? You know, it'd be different if you'd be living in, like up north where they have a lot of bland food stuff. But, man, in our part, it's even harder to fast. You know, and then it's like, man, you got, you know, just all, there's always, you know, then the king cakes start coming out and everything. Okay, I'm just confessing now, right? You know, it's not normal to fast, especially in, in South Louisiana. Um, but also prayer. You know, prayer, it prayer goes against our natural our natural uh, desires and wants. It, 
You know, praying is something supernatural. When we, when we pray, we're connecting supernaturally with the Lord. So that's why the Lord says, when you pray, but what's awesome is that so he says, you know, because you might be saying, man, I don't feel like praying, especially 21 days and, and, and coming out to prayer meetings and whatnot. And again, let me go back to that scripture. He says, go in, and when you pray, go by yourself. You know, a, we're having a corporate time of prayer and fasting, but I want to encourage you, if you're going to join us for prayer and fasting, before I move on, I want to mention this. Prayer meetings in the evening is just one part of it. I encourage you to have personal, private prayer time. If you're going to fast, one of the things you need to do, let me just give you an example of what I used to do before I came on staff here at church. I was painting for a living, and we only had a 30-minute lunch. And when you, when you used to go through the times of prayer and fasting, what I would do for my 30-minute lunch, instead of when I'd either bring my lunch or I would go run and grab a bite to eat for lunch, I would take that 30 minutes of my lunch break and I would I would just go sit in the truck or I'd take the company truck and go to a park somewhere close and I would take that time and instead of eating I would read my Bible and I would pray. I would spend that personal prayer time or I'd pray in the mornings before work and then I would come and join the prayer meetings at night. So so corporate prayer is just a part of it, but as Jesus said, we want to encourage you to to spend personal a private prayer time as well. So you might be thinking, man, but I don't, it's hard to pray. It's hard for me to pray sustained. That's why he says he will pour out the spirit of prayer upon us. I love that because the spirit helps you. Romans backs this up. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, it says this, Romans 8, 26. And Amplified, it says this, in the same way the spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray or what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should. But the Spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. You see, when the Lord pours out the Spirit of prayer, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Are y'all tracking with me? So listen, we're we not, we not going at this thing alone. Jesus, again, would never tell us to do something that he wouldn't help us to do. He gives us the grace to do it. He gives us the strength to do it. He even actually helps us to pray in those times when we're tired, when we don't feel like it. I love that. He says he'll pour out the spirit of prayer. That means something supernatural will happen to you when you don't feel like praying. Or even now, if you don't have a sustained prayer life now, I believe if you join us and we come together in a time of prayer and fasting, I believe something will shift in you when the spirit of prayer is poured out upon you and you will pray like you've never prayed before and maybe start a sustained prayer life in 2019. That's what I'm hoping and believing so number one, ask God for his grace. Number two, ask him for the spirit of prayer. And then number three, ask the Lord to prepare and soften your heart. Remember, brokenness is the process of God softening our hearts. And that's what it said in, in, in when we read Zechariah 12, 10. It, it was a brokenness. Yes, they were mourning over, you know, uh, over Jesus and mourning over the cross and mourning over everything that happened. But it's a sign of, of, of brokenness, you know, even in that. You know, that's why, you know, grief and, and, and mourning, that, that's one of the, the deepest pains, you know, that we face as human beings. But in that, let me, let me just say this. And, and hear me out because I've shared this before and I, I, don't want, I don't want anybody to confuse what I'm saying here. This month actually is going to make 10 years that my brother passed away. And I had been praying because I could tell just through life, through ministry, I was early on in ministry. I can tell I was I was becoming hard. My heart was becoming hard and certain things just I was becoming callous to certain people in certain situations. 
And, and I didn't like it. It was ugly. I didn't like what was going on inside of me. And I had been praying that the Lord would break me and that he would, he would just soften my heart and break me. And, and, and then, you know, in January, my brother passed away 10 years ago when he passed away. I tell you what, and the Lord used that. Of course, he didn't cause that. That's, that's why I wanted to be clear. The Lord didn't cause that, but the Lord used my brother's tragic passing as a time. And I'm t- I was very broken during that time. I was already fasting. It was during a time of prayer and fasting. I made a decision to continue to fast. And, and, and as I did, I was, I, I got so broken like I hadn't been in many, many years. I spent days upon days just crying before the Lord. So the Lord used that situation uh, to, to, to break me and to soften my heart. So even in the deepest times of grief, in the hardest times, and, and sometimes just fasting, just that in itself, you know, some, some, sometimes you're just grieving the pleasures of life. I think I might have mentioned this last week. Uh, I don't remember if I mentioned this last week or Sunday, but I mentioned about, uh, and, and, and maybe I did, maybe you were here, I read that book where it talked about how we use things to prop up our hearts. Did I talk about that last week? We use the things to prop up our hearts like food, pleasure, work. And that what fasting does, it kicks all of those props away from our heart so we can depend only on the Lord. So don't despise the hard times in your life. God may just use that time to soften your heart and you come out of it better for it. Amen. Ezekiel eleven nineteen through 20. I'm going to read this again. It says, and I will give them singleness of heart. See, that's one thing about fasting and praying corporately. You get sing- singleness of heart. You get unity during a time of prayer. We can all get softened heart, and we're, but we're one heart, one mind, singleness of heart, and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. See, the Lord not only wants our hearts to be softened, but he wants it to be responsive, that when he speaks to us, when, when he wants to show us something, our hearts don't resist it, but we're, we're, we're responsive to it, so that they will obey me and obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people, and I will be their God. So let me ask you, let me ask you or, or just encourage you to ask the Lord a question, a couple of questions. Ask the Lord to show you if your heart has gotten hard in any way. Towards a certain person, towards a certain situation, or maybe even towards him. Ask the Lord to show you if your heart's gotten hard. And you'll you, you probably know it. You, you might know it already, but... You know, just look at your attitude, your tendencies, your, 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 the way you think about things, the way that you react or respond to certain things usually or can be an indication of a hard heart. Like I told you 10 years ago, I can tell my heart was getting hard just because of my responses or my reactions to people and to situations. So I asked the Lord to show you, and I believe he will. And this is part of preparing us before we even begin the fast. Ask him if he Gotten a stubborn heart. Now, this is specifically towards him. Now, I could be stubborn towards authority in your life or whatnot, but ask the Lord to show you, has my heart been stubborn to your word, to your will for my life? As you read something, if you hear something, uh, ha- have you been resistant to the Lord, or to his voice, or to the things of the Lord, to his word? And then ask him one more question. You might want to write these down. Ask him if your heart's gotten hard, if it's gotten stubborn, and then, th- then this is this is the key right here. This is always the key. Ask the Lord to show you what caused it. What caused your heart to get hard? And it may be a series of things. It might not just be one thing. It could be a series of things that's caused your heart to get hard. In that time and season of my life, it, I know it was a series of things that was going on in my life that that caused that. And one of it was the situation with my brother. He had gotten back into drugs and. It had been years. He was off and again and on again, uh, 
deep in the drugs and then and then uh you know uh he 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 went to cardiac arrest and he was in the hospital for months and in a nursing home uh and that was that was a hard time and just the circumstances of everything surrounding that that was just part of it had had caused my heart to get hard prayer and fasting is one of the best ways to soften your heart that's one of you get so sensitive to the lord's voice to his presence, to his word. I often say, man, when I'm praying and fasting, when I'm, I'm fasting and I'm reading the Bible, man, every word just like jumps out at me. And it's like, and I will. Like, man, that word, and what, you know, you start like every little word just starts, becomes so big, you know. But it's true, you just, the word comes alive like never before. Again, because we're getting rid of the distractions and, and getting tuned into the Lord more. You know, also ask the Lord to prepare your heart. And this is part, you know, Ask him to prepare your heart now, like right now. Like I said, I started praying that last week. I'm praying this week. So I'm hoping that you have decided, if you haven't, I'm hoping to encourage you to join us during this time. So ask him to prepare your heart. In biblical times, the heart referred to the inner man, which we call the soul, which could be our mind, will, and emotions. Whenever, when you see the Bible talk about like that, your stony heart, stubborn heart, it was, obviously it's not your physical heart, but it's your mind, your will, your emotions. The, the Jews called it their inner man, their inner person. Ask the Lord to prepare you mentally and emotionally for the for this fast. You can also prepare yourself. Prepare yourself in your mind. You know, like okay, this is this is coming up now. We, we're about you know what five days about five days away, less than that now. Monday, this coming Monday, January seventh, just to prepare yourself that, that this is coming. You know that you're, you're getting you're getting yourself ready. But ask the Lord. I believe again, it, it's it's His grace. He can supernaturally begin to prepare you. He can supernaturally help you prepare mentally and emotionally and then, of course, even physically. And I want to encourage you to prepare yourself physically. A lot of times, and 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 I'm not always successful at this, and part of that is because, like, this weekend, it's my birthday this weekend, and then it's me and my wife's anniversary on the 10th, which is always falls during prayer and fasting. We jokingly say, so, so real quick, so when my wife and I got married, it's going to be 15 years uh, next week that we've been married, and... um we got married during prayer and fasting. And at the time, we were doing like a 24-hour prayer visual. So we broke our fast a little early because we were getting married on the 10th. And like we had our rehearsal supper and uh, my sister-in-law's, uh, uh, we went, they had, they own their own Mexican restaurant now. But they, they my, my sister-in-law's dad was manager at a local restaurant here. So, of course, we did the rehearsal supper there and we had, you know, a big feast. And then, you know, we had the wedding and my wife and I was going on honeymoon the next day. So we kind of like, and people were joking at the wedding and it was just like finger foods. And, and I see Pastor Rob smiling. I mean, you, you were there, huh, Pastor Rob. And they were kind of joking. Like they said they were looking at Pastor Todd, like, let's see if the pastor's going to eat some cake. And then we'll eat some cake if he, if he eats some, you know, right. And it was kind of this thing. And so we, we, we kind of make me and my wife and I jokingly just say like, man, we got out of, we, we shortened our prayer and fasting that year for our wedding. But it's come back to bite us every year since, you know, now, now we're actually fasting during our anniversary. And I'm just saying that jokingly. So, but what I'm going back to preparing ourselves is like, we kind of do our last big hoorah, so to speak, like this coming weekend, cause we, we celebrate my birthday and our anniversary. And like, we're going to, you know, go out of town and go eat a nice meal and all that. But we're preparing ourselves kind of like, okay, this is the last supper. You know what I mean? You kind of, you're, you're preparing yourself that come Monday, you know, we're going to, we're going to switch there because it's kind of hard. We're like, it, our anniversary is going to be on Thursday. So it's kind of hard to be fasting for four days and then like, Hey, let's go out. To, you know, it just, it just doesn't work for me. It's like, once I get into the groove, it's hard to just, you know, like, Hey, let's take a break from fasting. I, if I take a break, I'm going to fall off the wagon and burn it and throw it in the bayou somewhere, you know? So I just like, Hey, just, but that's just an example of like you, this whole service, how to, 
His sermon is about how to, to, to prepare, you know, ask the Lord to prepare your pathway to prayer and fasting. But you can also prepare yourself by the way you think. And by the way, as the weekend comes, if you're going to fast, I'd encourage you not, you know, probably, you know, don't that the night before Sunday night, it's, it's not the best thing to probably go out and eat a big old steak and as much, you know, cookies and ice cream as you can the night before and then start. Try to prepare yourself and maybe kind of, you know, start making some decisions how you eat and what, you know, at, at this weekend leading up. Uh, to uh, the time of uh, fasting. So just to recap as we close, ask God for grace. Ask God to continue to part the spirit of prayer uh, upon you. Ask the Lord to prepare and soften your heart, even now, but then especially during fasting. That's that's one of the things we always hit on first is just repentance and whatnot and just, just being broken and softening our heart. Begin to prepare yourself physically and, and mentally as well, emotionally. Um, and then, uh, the last and final thing I want to talk about tonight is, is you need to do this tonight before anything else. I hope you join us starting January. I mean, starting yeah, January 7th, starting Monday. Uh, I want you to join us for this time of prayer and fasting. Uh, but one thing that we all need to do, if you haven't already, is to prepare yourself uh, for eternity. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me as we close? We need to be prepared for eternity because as we see, on a regular basis, on a daily basis, none of us are promised tomorrow, guys. You know, no matter how young you are, no matter how healthy you are, man, you know, I, I say this every time I minister, and I'm not trying to scare people or be morbid, but the truth is we're not promised to make it home tonight. Isn't that right? I mean, I live three minutes from the church. I, I'm not promised to, to, to make it home tonight. We, we Nobody knows what the next minute is going to bring, the next hour is going to bring, right? And it, I want you to prepare yourself for prayer and fasting, but more importantly, you need to be prepared for eternity. You know, because the truth is some of us might not make it till Monday, you know, and I hope you do. I hope you're here. I want to see you here Monday night at 630, you know, I mean, you know, but but that's the truth, you know. So so are you prepared for eternity? Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. For for who? For for those that have given our lives to Christ, those of us that have have made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of our life. How do you do that? It's by acknowledging that, listen, the Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standards. We've all sinned. That word sin means to miss the mark. All of us have missed the mark, you know, in our lives morally and, and mentally and, and by our actions, you know. And that sin separates us from God. But God loves us so much that he said he sent his only son, that whoever would believe in him, and that word believe means to trust. I often say it, it's like if you would put a parachute on your back and jump out of a plane, you would trust that parachute to save your life. That word, whoever believes in him means to trust in him would have eternal life. So do me a favor, bow your head and close your eyes. And whatever head bow and every eye close, as we talk about preparing for next week and these next three weeks, are you prepared for eternity? Are you prepared, as they say, to, to meet your maker? If tonight, if today was your last day here on this planet, if you didn't make it home tonight, and God forbid, I hope you do, I hope you make it home and eat a good meal and have a good night's sleep tonight. But if you don't, are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you prepared? Where are you going to spend eternity? Because the truth is we, we're going to spend eternity somewhere, but it will either be eternal life or eternal death separated from the Lord. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, Man, I, I don't know if I'm prepared for eternity. I don't know if eternity happens right now in the next minute. 
where I would spend my eternity. But Brandon, I'm not sure, but I want to be sure and I want to get right with God. This would be the best thing you could start your year off doing. If that's you, you say, Brandon, I want to be sure. I don't know if I'm prepared for eternity. I want you to just slip up your hand and you can make sure tonight. I see your hand, young man. Anybody else? Thanks for being bold. Anybody else? Say, man, I need to prepare myself. I need to prepare my heart. Amen. Well, thank you, brother. Anybody else before we pray? We're going to pray together with this young man. Thanks for being bold, man. Come on, we're going to pray. Listen, the, the Bible makes it clear. If you believe in your heart, again, it means to trust and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. Let's all pray with this young man. Just pray this prayer from your heart, brother. Just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for going to prepare a place for me. Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned, and I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I pray that you would save me tonight. I'll make you my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. And I'll be sure to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Come on, let's rejoice with this brother tonight. Amen. God bless you, sir. Welcome to the family of God, man. And anybody else that maybe didn't raise your hand, but you pray that prayer. Hey, do me a favor. There's a card in the pew right in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Why don't you fill out that card? You can either come up here. I'd love to meet you. You can bring it to me or on your way out. You can bring it to the info center in the lobby. If you need a Bible, man, we got a Bible for you. We're going to help you get started in this journey. Anybody else that prayed that, or maybe you made a recommitment to the Lord tonight, I just want to encourage you. Say, hey, I want to encourage you. Join us Monday, January 7th. We're going to start that morning. Again, we're going to have prayer meetings in the evening, but I want you to start that morning. You know, make a decision. If you're not sure fast and you want some more details, I'm here. I'll answer some questions, but they have plenty of material out in the lobby. Right when you walk out, the table is actually set up right in the middle of the lobby. So I want to encourage you to be a part of it. Ask the Lord to prepare you, to help you. Come on, let me just pray a blessing over you. Father, I pray for all these, my brothers and sisters tonight, as they go, be with them. Protect them as they drive on these red roads. Uh, thank you for all your provision and blessing and pouring out a fresh outpouring and the spirit of grace and prayer upon each and every one of us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless y'all. Y'all have a wonderful evening. See y'all Sunday.